Greetings and welcome to this episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. Joining us today is Dr. Brian Sauer, an internal medicine and gastroenterology specialist with UVA Health System. In a moment, we'll chat about a recent mission trip he and some colleagues took to a region of Guatemala where patients don't have access to that kind of specialty care. Before we get into that, though, let's welcome Dr. Sauer to the program. Thanks for being with us today, sir. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And we're happy to have you. Let's just get right into it. Earlier this year in February, you traveled a great distance on a pretty long journey to reach a region in the southwestern part of Guatemala, located in the nation's highlands. The community you visited and spent time in, Dr. Sauer, is situated, if I understand the geography correctly, on a bay between two volcanoes. And as I understand it, the goal of this trip, for which you and other partners have been laying the groundwork for over several years, was to provide sorely lacking endoscopy or digestive system examinations and treatment to people in a remote area where such care is otherwise unavailable. If you would, please tell us about the work you did on this trip and about the idea or inspiration for it. Well, yeah, the inspiration was actually uh, several years ago when I decided I wanted to do some endoscopy trips to areas that didn't have the services that we have here in the United States. And so I started looking for opportunities and, and met some folks along the way and ultimately ended up finding a hospital in Guatemala that had uh, that was in a region of Guatemala that didn't really have endoscopy services and also had a great need for those uh, because the folks would be traveling for several hours to get endoscopy services. And for most people, that's just not feasible. So and so in February, a team of healthcare providers went down there. It was myself. It was three endoscopy nurses from the University of Virginia, one nurse anesthetist from the University of Virginia. And then we met two other physicians down there. One is a U- University of North Carolina fellow physician in gastroenterology, and then another is, a, is another gastroenterologist from Kentucky. So it was just sort of your overall sense that uh, these services were not accessible. That's sort of what planted the seed for you? Yeah, I think, you know, here in the United States, we're blessed with having many services, healthcare services available to us, should we need them or should we seek them out in some situations. And I think that's just not the way it is in a a great part of the world. And so I had had spent some time in India 10 years ago or so and had made several trips back. But I wanted to find a location that we could use the endoscopy services that was a a little more a little closer to us here in the United States. And so that's kind of got my interest in looking for places in Central America. My wife is also from Central America, so that was another reason why I chose that kind of, that region. Um, and then also just the Spanish language is spoken by many healthcare providers in the United States, but also many of our patients as well. And so it's just a way that we can connect with, with that group of individuals as well. Okay. And I wonder, when you're setting up a a trip like this, is there a lot of red tape involved? I mean, people, I think, have heard of programs like Doctors Without Borders, but is there a lot of sort of red tape or logistical sort of challenges that you have to overcome to do something like this, or is it not as cumbersome as one might imagine? Yeah, there is. It is. It does take a lot of patience in this. I started this process in 2015, so almost uh, three and a half years before our first clinical care team went down there to provide services. So it did take a lot of time. Part of the reason is, as a gastroenterologist, I actually need some equipment to do to do these procedures. The equipment is not cheap. It is quite expensive, um, typically several hundred thousands of dollars. 
And so in order to go somewhere and provide the services that, that I'm best to provide and most capable of in, in the GI realm, which typically in, involves these procedures, I really need to go with medical equipment. And that's not something you can just pack up in a bag and travel with very easily. So part of the process was not only identifying a location that had the need, it also involved identifying a hospital that could have the facilities that we could use to, to, to do these procedures in a very clean way, and then also to identify ways in order to get this equipment and get the equipment down to this location for, for use. So all those things kind of were was what I was doing for several years prior to the actual clinical clinical care trip. And so now you've told us about the buildup, the lead up to this trip in February of 2019. Let's talk about the actual trip and what was accomplished. As I understand it, and please fill in the blanks here, over several days, I think it was four days, uh, you and your team performed 43 endoscopic procedures, and that's the entire digestive tract from the upper reaches to colonoscopies. Can you talk about some of the conditions you diagnosed and the treatment plan for some of those patients going forward, as well as the reception you received? Then sort of as a secondary question to that, I also wonder how impactful this trip was for you personally and for the patients and the hospital staff uh, that you interacted with, again, given the scarcity of these specialized services in that community. Yeah, we had, we went down and we did do uh, 43 endoscopy procedures, mostly upper endoscopy looking in the esophagus and stomach. We did uh, a handful of colonoscopies, obviously looking in the colon. This was mostly for individuals in the region uh, of Santiago Atitlan, which is the city that this was in. The conditions we saw mostly were a lot of things that you would see here, chronic abdominal pain, chronic gastritis or acid reflux. We also saw some individuals with some bleeding. We saw some folks which we were able to diagnose cancers in the stomach. We were able to diagnose infections like H. pylori infection, which is an infection that can cause ulcers in the stomach. And then we were able to find uh, some colon polyps, just like we do here in the United States, as well as get some biopsies of the colon when there were instances of bleeding or diarrhea. So it was overall an extremely successful trip. It was a situation in which we partnered with the local physicians at the the hospital uh, located in Santiago Atitlan. It's called Hospitalito Atitlan. And we, we partnered with the physicians that are seeing individuals at, in the outpatient clinic. And we partnered with them because we didn't have the time to see everybody as in, in both clinic and do their procedures. And so we really relied on the local expertise, the local physicians, to identify those which were at most need to undergo endoscopic procedures. And since this is an ongoing project, we'll continue to rely on, on them and referring physicians in the, in the region to say, hey, we ha now have these new services in this region. I, these are the folks that we feel need these endoscopic procedures. And then we were able to review them, the group of individuals that were referred to us, and be able to identify reasons to do these these procedures. And what was the? I imagine you met, you interacted with a lot of grateful people. What what were some of the responses you received for you and your team providing this care? You know, I think it was phenomenal. It was first of all, the hospital welcomed us with open arms. They were glad to have us there to provide services to to patients that that are seen in the hospital, and even patients that have never been seen at this hospital before. And so that was really great to see. And we partnered along with them. They were 
caring for these patients alongside uh, alongside of us. They were in the procedures with us. They were helping us clean the endoscopes. They were doing the pre-endoscopy and the post-endoscopy care along with us. And so it was really a great partnership. I think also the patients universally were so thankful. They were they were individuals who needed endoscopy, but many of them couldn't afford to go to uh, make a, a day travel to Guatemala City to have to pay for the, the endoscopy. Um, and so they were really grateful that folks would be down there putting all the effort forth to do these procedures for them locally so they didn't have to make that, that travel. And the hospital also has a social worker there. And so they are able to provide care at based on, on need and based on some of the financial strains that these folks have in a way which isn't isn't going to be in which could can be affordable for those individuals. So it was really great to just be able to provide care alongside these folks, and then also to patients that were just so grateful to to have something that they hadn't had access to in in, in the recent past. So. It was really rewarding for all of us as team members, but it was, I think it was also really rewarding to see the patients and their response to having this, this care that they hadn't had in the past. Well, it sounds like quite a fulfilling trip on both parts, on the side of you and your team, as well as on the, the folks who are receiving care. So we commend you on that. Just for perspective, we talked a little bit about the geography of this region. Uh, the folks that you're treating um, as I understand it, these are uh, native folks uh, of, of Mayan descent. Is that correct? The population mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And, and I wonder, just out of curiosity, to give people some perspective, you alluded to uh, the hospital down there and, and you needed to find the right facility to have the capacity to be able to accommodate some of the equipment that you and your partners were able to, to bring in. Just for your average American who might conjure up a vision of what they think of a hospital here in the United States, what's different in terms of facility size or scope or staff levels or expertise or equipment on hand you know, in a place like the hospital that you visited? Well, I think one of the, the first things you'll notice is that many of the hospitals in, in Guatemala, or at least the hospital that we were at, isn't the size that we see, you know, here at the University of Virginia or many other hospitals around the state of Virginia. Many of these hospital structures are massive. They're huge, which with a huge outpatient and inpatient department, and that's just not feasible in, in especially in the smaller cities in Guatemala. And so, in this situation, the hospital has maybe about ten or fifteen inpatient beds, and that's it. Um, and then they have an operating, two operating rooms. They have a labor and delivery area, and they have a small, and then they have an outpatient area which has about eight to 10 exam rooms. And that's pretty much the extent of that, of the hospital. And so, you know, one of the things, the scale is, is reduced, I think, compared to what we're used to here in the United States, where you go into these big medical center complexes, you've got every specialty known to man under one building. um, And that's just not the way things can, can work in a smaller, smaller hospital or a smaller town even. And so, um, the hospital we were at was a was a private hospital. It wasn't part of the government system, um, but it does have have close ties and and very um, to the government system as well, in which they they care for and, and share patients as well. So, I think it's it's very different when you go into another hospital in another country, where you're used to seeing such the the, the grand scale of everything here in the United States, and it's a lot a lot smaller scale. At the same time, the hospital does phenomenal work. They have two operating rooms, uh, that one of which we use for our endoscopies, but another one is, is, is available for emergencies. And so it really was a situation in which it was we felt safe providing the care in a very clean, 
um, environment. So it was it was a great mix of being able to provide a service that's not not available in a smaller setting, but also in a, in a hospital that we thought had the right resources to do all the things we need to to provide excellent care. Well, thank you for providing that insight about how uh, conditions that exist elsewhere, and also it's a good reminder uh, that we should be thankful. We're fortunate to have a, such a robust healthcare system here in the United States. You alluded to uh, a moment ago that now that the equipment is down there at the hospital in Guatemala, that you um, you'll be able to make return trips. That this isn't a one and done uh, type of venture. So I wonder, going forward. Uh, how often you or other teams of folks uh, plan on on being down there as time permits to kind of continue this this care mission that you started now? Yeah. So first of all, one of the hardest pieces of this of this project was just getting the an equipment donation to and then getting that equipment down to the hospital and set up. And so that was a huge hurdle that we were able to to jump over. Um, I went down there in December to set it up, and, and it was just great to see it just set up and even better to see it being used in February. So, you know, now with the equipment down there, it, it's being housed at, at the hospital there. They have they even have a whole separate room just for this equipment to, um, for it. And so they so now that we have it down there, it's a lot easier to make, make trips now because you have all the equipment down there already, including a lot of the supplies that we brought down for the during our first trip. So... We plan to go at least two times a year. Um, we'll start off with it being probably mostly from the University of Virginia, but but we had representatives from North Carolina and Kentucky as well. And so really the, the goal here is to train the local staff to be able to help out with these procedures, eventually to identify a physician at the Hospital Itatilan that is interested and has the skill set to perform endoscopy procedures and do some training for on trips or maybe have that individual come to the United States and and get some training here in the United States. And so really our goal is to be able to provide long-term care for endoscopy and gastroenterology in this region by making regular trips every somewhere in the range of four to six months every year and eventually to, to be able to train the local staff and physicians to be able to use the equipment and really set up an, a GI division down there where they have the, the local expertise in that region so that it's not reliant on having trips from the United States coming down to, to provide the care. Well, it sounds like you've laid a really strong foundation for a lot of good things to come. Is there a, I know you've worked with some partners, which we've alluded to, is there any uh, website or something along those lines that you would want to plug um, where people perhaps could contribute to this effort or something like that? Yeah, because it's such a new endeavor, we don't really have a website. We're we're working on. I'm I'm starting to work on a nonprofit application to to start a found an organization, a nonprofit organization that can accept donations for the trip, um, to, for the subsequent trips. Um, you can the Hospitalito Atitlan is a hospital that has is a nonprofit organization in here in the United States. They do uh, accept donations from them, and that would be one great place to start. Hopefully, for the future, we'll have a website just dedicated to the the initiative that we've started, and then also be able to accept donations. If you they, you do want to check out the hospitalito, it's hospitalito atitlan, so h o s p i t a l i t o a t i t l a n dot org, 
is the website for the ho- the hospital. Okay, and we'll try to uh, include a link to that uh, hospital URL in the description for this episode. So thanks for giving us that information. And before we go, Dr. Sauer, we're going to close with a question that we like to ask guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It's one that we borrow from a popular BBC program, and the question is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book and one album would you take with you? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than that religious text that we provide, what one book and one album would you take to keep yourself occupied in that situation? Wow, man, that is a, that is a great a great question. So first of all, the book I would choose would be the Bible. I would do that. If not, if that, then I would choose um, one of C.S. Lewis's books. Any of them would probably be sufficient, um, but there's one called God in the Dark. Um, and second of all, for an album, I've been listening to, uh, I live in Charlottesville, Mumford & Sons, the Delta Tour came through here, went to that concert, and that was just a great, great concert. So I've been listening to that. So I would say that as the, as the album. Okay, a favorite song from Mumford & Sons? Man, they're all great. I don't know. I don't know what my favorite song was from when they came through from the, on the Delta Tour. They were so good on all of them. You can, you can circle back with us. We won't put you on the spot now. We already all right, did that. sounds good. Okay, well, listen, that is going to do it for this episode of the Patients Come First podcast. We'd like to thank our guest, Dr. Brian Sauer, for being with us today, and uh, we want to compliment you on all the good work you're doing down in Guatemala, and keep it up. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys uh, appreciate talking to all of you guys. And it's exciting to see this kind of come to fruition. It's been really one of the highlights of my career to be able to just go down and serve others down in Guatemala. One of our one of our themes, I guess, of our trip was work hard, serve others and have fun. We all really did do that. Um, It was a working time, but we were we were having fun serving others. So it was great. Sounds like a good philosophy for life. Mm -hmm. It is. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. You can listen to this episode and previous episodes of the podcast through SoundCloud, Blueberry, or online at www.vhha.com. You can also send us questions, comments, feedback, or suggestions about future podcast episode guests using the email account pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that address is pcfpodcast at vhha.com. We also encourage you to connect with us on social media, including Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. You can contact us through Twitter using the hashtag PatientsComeFirst, and our Twitter account is at VirginiaHHA. Thank you.